0: San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview at the War Memorial Opera House. It's March 6, 2008, and we are happy to announce that this interview will be podcast and available on our website at sfballet.org. My name is Claire Sheridan. I am the founder of the LEAP program at St. Mary's College of California, and I'm your host tonight here for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. My guest this evening was a soloist with New York City Ballet, and he worked with two of the greatest choreographers of the 20th century, George Balanchine and Jerome Robbins. He is now a ballet master for New York City Ballet, and as a member of the Robbins Trust, he is the man who has staged the three ballets we will be be seeing tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jean-Pierre Froelich. Uh, Just to get us all on the same page, what does it mean to stage a ballet?
1: What does it mean to stage a ballet? Well, it means basically that you are reproducing uh, a piece that a person choreographed, and you are basically just reproducing the work uh, that person did. And to put it on dancers of other companies around the world, uh, you get... um, the co- the company goes to um, a foundation or a trust or if they're not living the choreographer that is or they go to the living choreographer and say you know we would like to license this piece for my for our company and uh, the uh, trust or uh, the choreographer would say yes you can do that and I'm sending this person to reproduce it and sometimes for the live uh, the ballet master would come first and put it on the dancers, and then sometimes the creator will come later uh, to do the final touches the last week sometimes.
0: As a member of the trust, how many ballets do you personally oversee?
1: It's kind of hard because um, there's there's quite a few personally, but also being an advisory committee member, I'm also uh, part of the decision-making of um, companies licensing the Robbins repertory. So I physically do about 20 of them, but I actually oversee with uh, other committee members um, uh, the body of, of work of, of Jerome Robbins, his ballet, not his Broadway. That's done by trustees.
0: Are you on the road most of the time?
1: No, I'm based with New York City Ballet, uh, but I am on the road every time there's a vacation. I'm not with my family and my children. Uh, I'm basically on the road putting a piece together in advance Uh, Luckily enough, this week, the uh, New York City Ballet is uh, not working. Uh, We just finished Kennedy Center. So what I had to do was I was here for one week, and then I took the red eye, and I went to uh, Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., to uh, work with New York City Ballet because they were performing at the Kennedy Center. And I came back three, four days later to come here took a 7 o'clock flight from New York to rehearse all day the next day and been here for about five, six days. But I put together uh, the the big premiere tonight is West Side Story Suite. So Fancy Free I put together last year. Uh, in the Night has been in the repertory for a very long time. So uh, it was originally staged by Victor Costelli, and uh, then I came in for the last 10 years t- um, to oversee it and reproduce it. So, um, but, yes, I am on the road a lot. I just, you know, you know, if, you, if you're part of keeping a legacy, you have to, you know, try to maintain it the best you can.
0: Do you carry around the choreography in your head? Do you know all these parts of all these ballets, or do you use video, notation, do assistants travel with you? I know
1: a lot of these ballets in my head, but there are some ballets I don't because there are some ballets that I have staged that I have never danced uh, I use video, I use muscle memory, I use uh, my notes, I use Jerome Robbins, I was very good at mimicking, I was very good at imitating, and I used to watch his body body language, because when he used to rehearse a lot, he used to always say to the dancers, look what I'm doing, watch how I do it, because he would, you know, be every character, like in Fancy Free, he would play the three sailors and play the girls' parts, and he would want you to watch him and because sometimes he had a hard time explaining what he wanted so he, the dancers were always visualizing and watching him
0: i asked a few of the dancers if they had some questions for you and one emailed me and said Jean dancers
1: P- in san francisco ballet At san francisco ballet oh, yes i go
0: to the source yes he one email said i Jean hope they, they liked
1: me because <laughs> well they
0: did <do>. They <laughs> said i'll read it to you uh, it says that you are so well acquainted with every last detail of Robin's ballet. He has a great sense of the style of the piece and each character's movements, not to mention the timing, etc. Here's your question. I want to know what, for him, is the most difficult thing about staging a Robin's ballet.
1: Getting it right. For me, it's getting it right, and sometimes you get it right, and sometimes you don't. And sometimes you see a ballet like, uh, let's say, West Side Story, but all the, everyone loves doing West Side Story. You'll see tonight, you'll, you'll see... Uh, You'll see a different side of the dancers. Um, you know, every dancer is in, comes from a different school. Sometimes, you know, f- with our company at City Ballet, they all have a certain style. And Joan Robbins worked with the New York City Ballet. In San Francisco Ballet, you have many dancers from many parts of the world. So you're, you're blending many, many styles. Uh, certain dancers just get it organically. Uh, sometimes, um, as a producer or reproducer or, reproducing a piece sometimes you have to show everything to the pinky sometimes certain dancers do not have they, um i don't want to be i'm not being rude or anything some have an imagination and some need to be kind of help with their imagination uh certain dancers just get it and they look at you and they and it's it's right sometimes you don't have to say much some certain dancers just don't understand and they might get it in five rehearsals so that's the most difficult, is to basically try to get the essence of what the choreographer wanted.
0: And you do the casting.
1: Yes. I. I hopefully it's right. Sometimes it's not. You know, Sometimes you, you think someone would be wonderful in it, and you find out they're good, but they could have been better. And you find out the person that you didn't pick should have been first cast, and they're doing it in second night. That happens quite a bit to everybody. Uh, It actually happened to Jerome Robbins many times when he actually said to me, you know, the second cast is better than the first. But it doesn't mean the first wasn't great. It just has a different look to it.
0: As far as ballet is concerned, is there such a thing as a Robbins style?
1: No. There's no such thing as a Robbins style. It's just... um, the style is, I mean, there's no style, but it's its a mood. He always creates a mood on stage. He always creates relationships on stage. He always, uh, I find with his pieces, he always sucks the audience in to his world that's on stage. And I think it's the focus and the intention of what you're doing. And uh, he always used to say to me in rehearsals that when we used to see some other choreographer, I remember when we were in Paris and we were, went to the Chatelet and we were invited by... I'm not going to say who it is, so... And he saw, we saw a rehearsal one night, and we had dinner afterwards, and he said to me, I, I don't understand what he's doing, why he's doing it. And it was always he always wanted to know why, and then also he would... Jerry Robbins would analyze his works many, many times or rework them. So, um, you know, I, I don't find there's a style, there's a mood that you want to create, because his ballets work very well on many, many dancers in many, many different companies. The Paris Hop, for example... Do his works wonderfully uh, in the New York City Ballet they do their, his work San Francisco Ballet so I think it it doesn't take uh, it takes different st- uh, styles
0: uh, you work with both Robbins and George Balanchine as a dancer how did these two men differ in the how they choreograph in the studio
1: Jerry was slower Balanchine was faster Balanchine basically had an idea right away when he came into the studio um, and he had the music all mapped out in his in his head, and he he played the piano. He had a piano at home, and Balanchine used to you know play the music, and basically would choreograph things so fast. I mean, Duo Concertone, which which you will see later this season, was choreographed literally in two days. I mean, he would say do this, do that, do a little bit of this. If he trust his dancers, Balanchine would just say very little, and they would just. It would just cre- they would create and help the process. Robbins actually was in the studio longer. He had many versions. He would change his works very a, long, a lot. And also he wanted to, he had to demonstrate the works. He would have to feel it organically in his body when he choreographed. So sometimes he, you would watch him dance and you would have to pick up the steps while he's dancing.
0: Um if you're just joining us, I am in conversation with Jean-Pierre Froelich, and in a short while, we'll be able to take some questions from the audience. Uh, the work you're doing now, keeping these ballets alive, is so important, and we are grateful to you. How difficult was it for you to make that transition from being a performer to a person who works behind the scenes? Do you miss dancing? No. <laughs> Why not?
1: Only oh, time I miss dancing is when I watch fancy... I mean, not fancy, if it had heard too much. I was the first sailor that went double to it to the split, and I did it for 12 years, and I said that was enough. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, West Side Story is one piece I would like to have done that I would, I would have to say, but do I miss it? No. A transition was very easy for me. I was very fortunate that in 1990, uh, uh, the New York City Ballet was doing a retrospective of Jerome Robbins' uh, a mini-festival, in our season. I was still dancing and um, I was speaking to Jerry Robbins and he was looking for another assistant. And I said, you know, I danced so many of your ballets. I've always wanted to work with you. I wanted to work with him when he did Jerome Robbins Broadway, but it didn't work out because I was still dancing. And um, it clicked. And the transition was a lot, very easy for me. I... I was very observant when I was dancing, so I would watch how it would work, and I would make sure I was two steps ahead of him and made sure I did my work and my homework, and I was prepared.
0: Fancy Free and West Side Story Suite are very American in their themes, styles and storylines. Have you staged these particular ballets on non-American ballet companies?
1: Yes, I've staged Fancy Free for Birmingham Royal Ballet, and then for uh, the Royal Danish It's interesting because Fancy Free, for me, I mean, what you will see tonight is really three sailors, but only one American sailor. David uh, is, um, I really, I think he's uh, Armenian. Thank you very much. And then you have Pascal, which is, you know, it's French. So it's interesting when you watch, and they dance it very, very well. But when you watch three American sailors do Fancy Free, it has a different look. It's it's, It's part of our... Our, you know, our just the way we are, and and, and the, the the exuberance of Americans, the uh, rah rah siskimbab kind of people that, that 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 go for it, you know. They don't sit back in their laurels, and some people do, but I mean, we, we we're a kind of country that you know, let's go and do it, you know. So, uh, but it's it's different. Some. Look wonderful! It, it uh, sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't, and it's it's a very funny ballet because it's not a ballet to me. It's really a play because he he's telling a story with movement, uh, Mr. Robbins, and uh, he's the only choreographer that I have ever known and, and worked with that can tell a story with movement. If you watch West Side Story tonight, the suite it tells the whole story, and it, you not you only you're going to hear people. You're going to hear dancers sing. But they don't speak a word, one or two words. But it's it's basically all done in movement, so um, which is really quite interesting. Um,
0: Does "In the Night" tell a story?
1: Yeah, it talks about three uh, different couples, you know, that are wandering in the park, and uh, eventually at the end they they meet. You know, they end up t- taking different paths, and all of a sudden they're in the center and they meet each other. You have a, the first part of the story is really about young young love. The second one is about more of a a couple that is, you know, aristocratic, and they do the same routine every day after they have their dinner. Just an example, I'm just making up a story, but they, they go out, and they go take a stroll in their garden after they finish their tea, after their dinner, and then you have the third couple that is really having just a bit of a quarrel, you know, a love spat, and uh, then all of a sudden, uh, it, they come together, um, and they reconcile, and um, she gives in to him, and it uh, doesn't always happen. Usually, the woman always wins. <laughs> they do. The men always do what the women want. I.
0: <laughs> of course, the dancers are very excited about West Side Story Suite because of that added element of singing. Um, could you talk about the the? They're audition? nervous too. I yes, have to tell I know. You. Very, the audition process, the vocal training. Can you talk about that? That adding that element.
1: Well, I knew the dancers very well, but. Um, the only thing, I did not know if they could sing. So what we did was uh, we had a, a voice coach come in, and when we went through the whole company, and they sang uh, in front of a video. Just sang, you know, no training. Just wanted to see if they can carry a tune, and then eventually then we would work with them. Not not me, the, the vocal coach. coach. I saw this video, and I got to see who I thought was suited to it physically, to these roles. Uh, and um, it was a very humbling experience for some of them. I must say, they were very nervous in the studio. And it was very hard for me to judge sometimes because nerves can play tricks on you. And when, you, when you're nervous, you're not yourself. Then eventually when those nerves go away, then they start really performing. And um, but But... It's not about performing to the audience it's about performing to each other on stage when you watch you know um cool you know riff is is telling everyone to calm down and and just just chill out and relax you know you know you can't you know it's just can't go out there and just uh you know beat somebody up and want to get a shock and, and and you know pierce their ear and all that you have to be really calm so that he's really talking to them he's not singing to the audience, which is um something that Mr. Robbins very much stressed. The same thing with America. They're talking to Rosalia. You know, she misses Puerto Rico, and, you know, Anita loves New York, you know, loves living in a tenement building, loves being in a cold-water room flat, you know, and I don't think I would like that, but, you know, Rosalia misses the uh, coffee blossoms growing and the sea breeze.
0: Did you recommend that the dancers watch the movie West Side Story to get into character, or...?
1: You know, it's kind of hard now because uh, it's a different generation. I grew up in New York and I was born in the 50s. And I grew up about five, six blocks away from where West Side Story was filmed. And I used to listen to the recording and uh, I went to the public school system in New York. So I hung out with Puerto Ricans in the 60s. I hung out with uh, Afro-Americans and a lot of my friends were Puerto Ricans. So I understood stood it, and I, I was from New York, and there was a lot of Italians and, you know, um, Irish around, and there was a lot of gangs at that time, and switchblades were very common. Uh, now it's guns, unfortunately. But um, uh, what's hard now because if you look at the movie the dialogue they're saying daddy-o and they're calling you know uh, a cigarette was a fag at that time and now a fag means something else (laughs) so it it was it was a whole different uh time and also it was a a time when the generation the young generation the 50s and the 60s started to speak wanted to, to come out and say something and so there was a little bit of restlessness happening now uh it it's the same thing happening, but it's a different different time. It was hard for the dancers to understand that uh, to to really but the, I showed them a the movie uh, some of them did their own homework uh, uh but it's it's i think it's i think it's gonna work i hope so uh
0: fancy free is a period piece, and I believe you mentioned that you did tweak that a little bit to 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 appeal to contemporary taste. Did you update West Side Story or the movement at all? No, by
1: Fancy Free, the only thing that, that I, I try to stress, which is really a lot of people get offended by the first section, some the the, the girl with the red bag. If you watch it, people some people get very offended saying you would not treat a young lady like that. But people have to understand they're playing a game with her, it's a it's a schoolyard game. They're having fun with her. She actually likes them, but she has to go and she wants to get her bag. They take a bag away. They, they throw it around. It's like getting a school bag from a kid in the playground, which I used to do when I was a kid. But you have to be really careful. It doesn't look like a, a, a gang rape because sometimes it can look like that. And it's really something that I stress. Over and over again to not make it look like you're raping her, I mean I'm, I'm just using these words, but assaulting her assaulting <laughs> her because it can really come across that way and, and it, it, it's don't forget she comes back playing a game with them, and she comes back after the pot dirt. De she's having a good time. she actually likes them, but she 's got to go, and she wants her purse back, you know
0: I can take some questions from the audience now, and I will repeat the question so that everybody can hear. Does anyone have one. Yeah. The question is, how would you characterize San Francisco ballet and New York City ballet, and how's Gonz- Gonzalo Garcia doing? Gonzalo's
1: very happy, actually. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'm sure you miss him uh, very much. Uh, he's doing very well. Um, it's very different at New York City Ballet. Uh, it's a huge repertory we do in two seasons. We do about 40-something ballets within three months, um, we don't rehearse as much as we would like sometimes due to the repertory. There's only so many, you know, minutes in a day. Um, he's enjoying. He's gotten to dance quite a bit. Uh, comparing New York City Ballet to um, San Francisco Ballet, you really can't do that. It's it's a very different. Uh, it's a different, it's, it's similar repertory in the ways they do balancing and they do Robbins, but it's, i don't compare I, I think this company's wonderful san francisco ballet i think both companies are wonderful very different people like to criticize new york city ballet a lot because there's a group of people that miss you know balanchine and and robbins but you know i think i think the company has to move on and not live in the past and you know hopefully uh, you know the ballets are you know ha- people are happy watching you know the company but san francisco is wonderful i can't com- i can't compare
0: Question was that Robbins had a had a reputation for being a difficult man uh, to work for. What is your experience?
1: Oh, I saw him being very difficult with dancers. I saw that I even experienced it, but um, I understood where it was coming from. He was coming. He was really good at separating friendships in the studio and outside. It was about the work and he was trying to get a certain look he wanted. Most of the time he was frustrated with himself, and most of the time the the, the other half of the work, meaning the dancer or the instrument he was working with, was not cooperating and doing some of the work also. Uh, I think everyone's different. Some people, dancers, come into a studio guarded sometimes, and some dancers come in the studio with their ego outside the studio, and that they're willing to absorb what this person, this man, had to give. I mean, Jerry Robbins. You have to remember, look what he's done. His body of work in theater: *Fill on the Roof*, *The King and I*, choreographed uh, *West Side Story*, um, uh, *Gypsy*. gypsy. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Uh, you know, *On the Town*. That's where *Fancy Free* became *On the Town*. Um, he had an incredible theater mind. I personally, there were some difficult times when I was dancing because, you know, as a dancer, but I loved being part of his, you know, he had a group of dancers at City Ballet that he always repeated and repeated to work with. I was fortunate enough to go, be one of those. So, but working with him as an assistant, uh, absolutely was wonderful. Absolutely, I was very fortunate. I was becoming an assistant at, when he was later on getting milder he was he was older you know when he was younger he had that energy to he'll do anything to make something work or what he, he would do anything to get what he wanted actually i should say
0: i believe the question was how do you go about getting ballets on video as a as a consumer or as the practice or as a consumer
1: buy a video well Videos you can you can you, there are there are websites you can go on to find. It hasn't been filmed, no, hasn't been filmed. I think uh, New York City Ballet has not filmed it. Uh, actually, it has been filmed. It was filmed in the seventies in Germany in Berlin. I was part of that, that, that. Yes, it was filmed. Was it for? It was for tele, German television. It was not made into a DVD to sell to the public, to the general public. But that, it was filmed once.
0: That was the Ballet Symphony in C, we were talking about.
1: Right. But, but in general, to get something filmed, um, you know, they have to go to the, again, to the, the trust or a trust or the foundation or the balancing Foundation to ask permission to get something filmed. I know the Paris Hopper has filmed Jewels and things, but Symphony in C not, has not been one of them that people have been wanting to film.
0: One last question. Yes, sir. The question was, do you choreograph yourself, and if so, how do you separate the work you do for the Robbins Trust to your your own creative impulses?
1: I have choreographed. I don't have time for it, unfortunately, because I'm doing this. Um, Jerry Robbins said to me many years ago, he said, I've seen some of your work. Why don't you really do it? I think you have some talent. And I said, "That's because I'm doing your work. So and he looked at me and he laughed. Um, but uh, I separate it because... It's not my job to mix the two. I'm a very clear kind of personality, and and I separate. I do what was the choreographer's intention, not what my intention is, because I'm not being true to that creator. So I separate
0: it. Folks, you're in for a treat tonight. I saw a dress rehearsal this afternoon, and it is a wonderful program. And I want to thank my guest, Jean-Pierre Froelich, our live audience and our podcast listeners for joining us. Uh, You can listen to other Meet the Artist interviews uh, on our website at sfballet.org. Thank you for coming.